Hey, what's up, everybody? This is DJ Martin, church pastor at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to another edition of our midweek teaching series. Our series is called Reflections on Spiritual Formation. We've been talking about spiritual formation all year throughout 2021. Every single week we take time. Uh, we've taken time this year for about 10, 15 minutes in the middle of our week to talk about a different component of spiritual formation. Last week, we talked about uh, seeking the peace of Christ and contentment. Today, I want to talk about, it. it's slightly unrelated. I mean, it's a concept in spiritual formation uh, that I think is really important. But it, last week, I talked about peace as being one of those things, uh, the, some verses from Philippians and Colossians uh, about the peace of Christ have been just ruminating and circling in my heart and mind this year. Another, another one of those things that's just kind of been uh, circling and I've been chewing on is the importance of story and storytelling. Scott McKnight, a New Testament theologian, someone uh, I read uh, somewhat frequently, he's got a great podcast called Kingdom Roots, and is just a really insightful uh, biblical scholar, New Testament theologian. He um, often, ha he has a phrase that he often says, the gospels are the gospel. The gospels are the gospel. And I'm pretty sure he wrote that in uh, the King Jesus Gospel, one of his books. But the Gospels are the Gospel. Many of us who grew up in the American church, American church setting, have a John 3.16 Gospel. <laughs> um, all, of, you know, all of the Gospel has been boiled down. We, we were taught a version of the Gospel where everything was boiled down to the Romans road. Everything was boiled down to the five spiritual laws. Everything was boiled down to John 3.16. We're sinners. We've got a problem. God cannot tolerate sin. Uh, therefore, he sent his son and uh, his son was crucified as a propitiation or a payment for our sins on our behalf. Though he was innocent, he was punished by God instead of God giving us the due uh, just punishment that was due to us. He put it upon his son for the remission of sins. And uh, then having been found innocent, uh, Christ rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And if we want to be saved, um, the gospel is to believe that, to confess it, and to, to confess that Jesus Christ is, is Lord for the forgiveness of sins. Now, I'm not here to negate any of that. I, I think all of that is absolutely foundational and crucial to the gospel. Um, I would nuance it and unpack it in deeper conversations, certainly, uh, but I absolutely believe that uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came, lived, uh, who died uh, as, a, as a propitiation, a payment for our sins, who died uh, on the cross, was buried, uh, rose again on the third day, and having appeared to his disciples, the apostles, family members, Paul lists uh, over 500 people uh, that he appeared to. In 1 Corinthians 15, he mentions that number and then ascended in, into heaven. And then after that, uh, the impartation of the Spirit took place on, on Pentecost. I, I, I believe all of that. But I also, the more I've learned about Jesus, the more I read, the more I study the scriptures, the more I've been convicted that the gospel can't be boiled down to the you know spiritual laws or the Romans road or John 3.16, um, that there's more to it. And I think that's exactly what Scott McKnight and others are trying to get to, and, and specifically McKnight, when he says the Gospels are the Gospel. 
So here at Parker Ford Church recently, in the last couple of weeks, we've started going through the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. When that word gospel means good news, uh, euangelion in, in the Greek, it means good news. And so the gospel of Luke or the gospel of John or Matthew or Mark, it's the good news uh, presented in this way. Um, if, if the good news could just be boiled down to John 3.16, then that would, that would be it. That would, that would be the, the good news. Um, but the Gospels, each of the stories of Jesus that talk about his birth, uh, in Luke, just a little bit of his childhood, his life, his teachings, um, his followers, the things he, he taught and imparted to his followers, the way he taught us to pray, the way he taught us to love our enemies, the way he taught us to, um, to care for the poor and the sick, the way that he gave us examples for how to deal with uh, people who attack us or betray us or um, who let us down. All of that, all that we know about Jesus um, in, in reading the stories of the gospels, that is the good news. The story of Jesus is the good news. What does this have to do uh, with our spiritual formation? I think it has everything to do with our spiritual formation. We're often, I think, tempted to try to try to strip the Bible down from its complexity and its mysteries and its complications and um, and make it make it more palatable and make it more simple and, and try to boil it down to a systematic theology. And again, I'm not saying there's not a place for systematic theology. In my office, I have, I think, five systematic theologies from different perspectives, from the Reformed perspective, Baptist perspective, charismatic perspective, Anabaptist perspective. I, I, I believe in studying and, and reading theology and thinking systematically about these things. But the gospel is the gospel can't be boiled down just to a series of truth statements. It's infinitely more beautiful and complex than that. The story is the good news. The gospels are the gospel. And so every time we approach the gospel, whether we're listening to it in an audio version or it's being read out loud in a public version, or we're just reading it, reading it quietly and silently to ourselves. I think every time we approach the story, every time we approach the per person of Jesus, uh, as recorded by the Gospels, we are invited to be formed and to step into that story. In the 1997 uh, film Amistad by Steven Spielberg, uh, John Quincy Adams uh, has this, this great quote. And I, can't, I couldn't track down whether or not the real John Quincy Adams uh, actually said this or not, but but in the movie, he has this line where he says, "In a courtroom, whoever tells the best story wins." Um, and I think that is so true. Not just in a courtroom. I'm not a litigator or a lawyer uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but in my experience, and I've used this, uh, I think I've said something along these lines recently uh, in a sermon at Parker Ford when we were inter introducing Luke, the Gospel of Luke that whoever tells the best story wins. Um, that's been true. Whatever we believe to be the best story will captivate us and will compel us towards a certain way of living. And so when we think about the gospels, uh, the gospel, the good news is just a series of truth statements versus a story 
of a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who's also God in flesh, that we're invited into that story. I think it makes all the difference in the world to see the gospel, the good news, as the comprehensive, holistic, including the, the birth, life, death, resurrection, teaching examples of Jesus. When I think when we back up a little bit and see the broadness and beauty and mystery of that whole thing and see that as the good news, that Jesus is the embodiment. Jesus, as he lived, as he died, as he taught, as he gave the example, he is the embodiment of the good news. Then that story begins to win in our lives. The more that we submit to it, the more that we believe that, that this this story of Jesus is the good news. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but the gospels, the story of Jesus as revealed to us by the scripture, that is the good news. And so when you think about this, I just want to have a couple of questions uh, for you to think through. What would it mean for the comprehensive story of Jesus to more fully become a part of your story? What would it mean for the, the holistic, overarching, comprehensive story of Jesus, his birth, his childhood, his life, his death, his teachings, his example, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the more that that, become, that story just is embedded into your spirit and soul, um, what would it look like for you to begin to embody that more? Does the phrase, the gospels are the gospel, does that change or challenge your understanding of what the good news is? Does that make you uncomfortable? Uh, does that excite you? Does that challenge you? Are you, are you uh, spurred on towards more questions? Uh, I'd invite you to wrestle with that. What, what does that phrase mean? The gospels are the gospel, or another way of saying that is that the gospels, the story of Jesus are the good news. How does that change or challenge your understanding of what the good news is? And finally, how, how might Jesus be inviting you to live more fully into his story today? So as you engage the story of the scriptures, uh, maybe read through one of the gospels this week. Recently at Parker Ford, we did a five-day Gospel of Luke challenge. There's 24 chapters in, in Luke. If you just read five chapters a day, within five days, you've, you've read the entire account of Jesus's life through, through Luke's telling. Um, often in our devotions, we like might read a couple of verses and then try to get, <laughs> try to get like a spiritual buzz off of reading a few verses. Uh, I think that in the long run, I think it's far more powerful and effective uh, to, to read the scriptures as story and then try to make that story a part of our lives or try to submit to the story in such a way that we're entering into it, that we're inviting Jesus's story to be told through our lives. So how might Jesus be inviting you to live more fully into his story today? I hope this has been encouraging for you in your own spiritual formation journey. And I pray that you would continue to grow deeper into the the story of Jesus into the person that he's made you to be. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Go with God.